to you all. Welcome back to our hashtag Tourism Body Tuesday. And I'm delighted to welcome back the amazing Dana from uh, Tourism Northern France or Hort de France. Um, this, I guess the biggest thing for us is the significance of the upcoming week to all of our people in Australia and New Zealand, because many will know that November 11 has significant relevance to us with Remembrance Day. And we thought only too fitting to um, reconnect and um, take us through the journey that is the Remembrance Trail for all of us today. And um, obviously this is, this is the root of Backroads. This is exactly where Backroads Touring started from back almost 35 years ago today. Um, so without further ado, let's, let's go on this journey together. Welcome back. Bonjour, thanks Dylan. You're most welcome. Thank you for coming back. <laughs> Thank you for having me. So yeah, I'm so happy to be here. And today, as Dylan said, it's um, in honor of Remembrance Day. So just a little, very quick, brief historic background or history lesson, if you wish. In November 1918, the Germans and the Allies signed an armistice to, to stop what had been four years of fighting along the Western Front. And at 11 a.m., gunfire fell silent for the first time in four years. Now, the Allies won, as we know, but it came at a very, very heavy cost. Nearly 300, more than 330,000 Australians went over to fight and to defend um, our allies' freedom, and more than 60,000 of them never came home, paid the ultimate sacrifice. So in the countries, not only in Australia, but in the US now and in New Zealand, uh, November 11 has become now known as Remembrance Day, where we honour those who fought and died in World War I. So, as you probably know, the Australian government has been a huge supporter in honouring um, the memory of those fallen soldiers. And what they have is um, a tour, if you wish, or a, a, a group of sites called the Australian Remembrance Trail in France, which is what I'm going to highlight to you today. So, without further ado, is this clicking going to work? I hope. <laughs> No. Here we go. So yeah, the first two um, sites uh, we have on, I'm going to speak to you about very briefly, Pozier and Thiepval. Now Pozier is one of the most significant sites for Australians on the Western Front in France. More Australians died here on, on this battlefield in France than anywhere else. And as you can see, I've noted there, it was, for many, it was their first experience of war. It is one of the highest points of the Sun Valley, so you can, you can get a good feel of just how, how open to everything and open to gunfire they were. And um, not only it was the Australians, but it was the British also who lost um, thousands of men trying to secure Poissier. Now, Thiepval is, and this is, I should mention now, um, when we're talking about um, what they call tourism de memoir or remembrance uh, tourism or travel, um, it's not just battlefields. There are memorials, there are museums, there are different sites and statues, and it's quite, um, it, it's quite surprising and uh, many times overwhelming to discover things along this Remembrance Trail that um, people just couldn't even imagine. And one of those is the Thiepoil Historial, which has 72, more than 72,000 names 
of British soldiers who are still technically missing. Their bodies were never recovered and they, so they have no known grave and or they could not be identified. And as you can see, the average age of these soldiers was just 25 years old. Yeah, back with Fearful, um, Dana, I mean, I mentioned in our first little podcast that I, I've had the, the experience of going through the Battlefields region with Black Rose touring and uh, I think the Loch Nagat crater is significant to Thiepval um, as well. And I think, you know, if you haven't been there and you've you've heard the stories and you're listening today, um, you, you can't even get a real grasp of what, when, when we say crater, what the depth and size and scale, yeah. what some of these um, ammunitions have sort of created. It still remains as part of the landscape of this region today. So when we had, we had the, the opportunity to go and walk the crater, and I mean, it's not just you go go and see the crater, you walk a lap of the crater. It's quite significant in size. There's actually resting seats there as well if you need to take a break. Uh, yeah. But it really sort of highlights a, a significance of what our Australians and New Zealanders had to come across when they came came into this region. And, and, and Dan already mentioned the, the significant loss um, of personnel um, already in the, in the conversation. But, um, yeah, that, that, that was quite staggering. A big, big piece of my... Um, my memory comes out of that region there. Yeah, and, and these these sites, real sites of battle that still exist and are intact, these are it's equally as, as um, moving and, and creating emotions as, as some of, of the monuments that have been built. So the, the other, another monument that is very important on this trail is um, Luhamel. Now, this is where you've probably heard of Sir John Monash. He made history here. They, it's a, uh, one of the biggest battles in World War I, and they took Lamel in 90 minutes. And the Australian Corps Memorial is actually on the site of the German outpost there. Please click. And, well, you know here. Oh, we went back. Can we go back? We missed the. You know here, Dylan, very well. I do indeed. This is, a, this is an amazing centre, and... I was going to bombard the Zoom cast with a thousand photos of my time here, but I think the the, the history of Villas Burton New and the St John Monash Centre. Um, I mean, we, you have ample time here on tour to explore, to, to 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 sort of take in as much of the memory as you can. But um, these are some of the, the significant sites and just ample beautiful countryside that you'll come across as you drive through. Um, this amazing region. I'll let you t take us on the journey from a Northern France perspective, but yeah, a definite must for anyone going to this area. Yeah, look, this is what's known as the jewel in the crown of the Australian Remembrance Trail. Um, probably the biggest um, day of the year there is the Anzac Day ceremony, but there are events and um, commemorative events that happen all year round, as well as, of course, Remembrance Day. And um, so the Australian National Memorial is in Villa Bodneur and then the town, the village of Villa Bodneur, the, the townspeople, when Australians arrive there, um, they're, they're welcomed like literally with a red carpet. They, they, they don't forget. And it, and it literally says in yeah. the local Victoria schools there, it says, we do not forget Australia because they know it was the Australians who paid the, not only the Australians, but who paid the ultimate sacrifice to, for their freedom and for why they're now. And I, I was part of, um, of a Q&A just a few days ago and what um, Patrick Lindsay was there, he actually mentioned what's amazing when you go through these villages is that 
Most of them are as they were a hundred years ago. They haven't been overrun by by shopping centres and and cinemas and and modernised. They're they're authentic authentic villages. I think you'd agree with me there, Dylan. Yeah, definitely. And then probably one key one that you just highlighted before the Victoria School is as is. Like um, it is an old, beautiful old building in a beautiful, quite quaint town. Um, we were fortunate enough to actually have a poppy uh, in colour um, at the front as, as we came in, um, just from, you know, probably been there forever. Um, so, yeah, as you go through these regions, it is completely untouched. It, it is as is, um, mm. as much as possible, but then with some highlight pieces um, added in, like the Sir John, um, Sir John Manor Centre as well, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So then uh, where are we going to Peron? Now, Peron was also a very important part of, of Australian history because that were, in 1918 they recorded solid victories there. And um, this is where Sir John, sorry, the Australian divisions fought alongside each other under the command of Sir John Monash. Um, they, these Peron and Mont-Saint-Quentin were heavily defended by the Germans, but... Um, the Australians held on and they fought. And again, they won, but at a very heavy cost, over 3,000 casualties. So, I mean, as you can see, I've written eight Australians won the Victoria Cross and more than any other Australian on the battlefield of, of World War I. So really, really important part of the Australian Remembrance Trail. Now, uh, Fromel, um, again, sadly known along with Pozier as one of the most catastrophic loss of lives uh, in, in battle during World War I. And this was the site, actually the first major attack by Australian troops on the Western Front. And sadly, it was really to no avail. They didn't get very far at all. But in this, um, what's incredible about the story of Fromel is that uh, they had many, um, about probably 10 years ago, soldiers graves who were not marked and they were discovered and they became known as the lost diggers of Fromel and now they have been honoured um, with their graves and headstones at, at Pheasant Wood and more today are still being identified. Now in this area of Fromel is VC Corner. You've been there Dylan also to VC Corner? Yeah no I have and for the group itself <laughs> It was probably the most one of the most emotional days, other than the, the personal visits that we did, because it, yeah, I mean the significance of so many soldiers that were just left laid there, and the, the time it's taken to then identify so 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 many, and obviously as you mentioned again, that there's still more to be identified as we, as, as time goes on, um, but having this as a truly standalone Australian piece um, in the the Northern France puzzle, I think it has some true significance to to all of us here. Mm, yeah. So then now, now I know you haven't been here, um, Dylan, but this, take me back, you went yeah. too fast. Now uh, was um, a place where it's, it's about three kilometres of um, underground tunnels that date back from a couple of hundred years ago. And the Australians went there for a break as tourists during the war. And what they did was, um, as they were letting their hair down, so to speak, they call it, well, it is graffiti, they left their name in these tunnels so they just wrote their name sergeant john whatever of which battalion or which regiment and no one knew this until many many years after when they um 
discovered that they realized that the, these tunnels are of significance and they found over 3,000 names had been left on the walls and many of these soldiers were able to be identified and um, we were at the, the Australian Commonwealth War Graves Commission were able to bring families to see their forebears' names and they've left copies there in their honour and it's quite incredible. And again, not all have been identified and they're still working on identifying more names. So quite, quite an incredible site. Yeah, this is amazing. Yeah. And then Wellington Tunnels. You have been there, Dylan, correct or not? I've been to Arras, but I haven't been to the tunnels. <laughs> right. Okay. So again, very centuries old chalk mines. And there was, in 1916, there was a bit of a stalemate but, um, along the Western Front. And this is where um, they were, the New Zealanders particularly, were there just waiting, if you wish. And there was a hospital underground and a whole network at once holding more than 24,000 soldiers. And what's sad about this is they were there and waiting, you know, during the stalemate, of course. And then when the fighting did start, most of those soldiers who were there in the tunnels lost their lives. But the tour around these tunnels is incredible and um, you can see my tip there. You're, you're far underground, take a, take a sweater, it, it gets cold. Budokor, yeah. have you been there, Dylan? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, this is quite incredible. Um, this is where a, um, a, a couple, Jean and Denise Letaille, um, in, in, well, I guess you could call it their backyard, and you'll see in the museum, they found all of these used artillery shells and different um, reminders, I wish, if you wish, of war um, in Budkor. And um, like you can see, it's these are, are pieces and artifacts, uh, a reminder of all the different things that failed to protect them. Because the Battle of Budkor, which is where this museum is, um, again, great, great heavy loss of lives. So then we move to Vinyakor. I know you haven't been there, Dylan, but this is quite an incredible story. Um, yeah. This is where the soldiers went for a bit of um, respite. And Antoinette and Louis Tullier took photos of the soldiers. And um, basically at the end of the war, you know, stopped taking photos. And these, these films, these negatives were left in a box in, in an attic, which in 2011 was found and they developed these uh, photos with the, um, the financial support of the Australian businessman Kerry Stokes. And these photos now became a museum. And again, uh, soldiers' families through the photos, uh, the soldiers were identified and the families were able to come and, and see them. Many of these families had no idea that their forebears were even in France or that they had forebears defending the Allies' freedom in France. So this is what I was saying to you before. You have tunnels, you have caves, you've got memorials, you've got battlefields, cemeteries, this museum. It's quite um, a, a very complete mix, I think it's fair to say, Dylan, on the Australian Remembrance Trail. Definitely, and a th that significance of finding film from so many years gone back. You know, in honestly, finding in, in our time, um, to, to then have that recreated and really expose what our, 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 our fighters were going through at the time and obviously in, in that area of, of, of rest in Vinyakov. But that, that is, 
there's so many stories. I'm sure as we keep going on, if we have this chat in five years' time or 10 years' time, Donna, these stories mm. will continue to unravel and more and more history will be exposed and revealed to, to all of us here in mm. Australia and New Zealand. This is amazing. Well, it's literally that. Like you say, Nella, it's a living history. As we are today and tomorrow, there's more soldiers um, being identified and found and names and connections being made, which is so, so, so important because that's that's how we remember and that's how... And, and that goes back to what I said about when we're welcomed to these villages by the locals, they know they're there, you know, it could be the grandchild or, or the great-grandchild or the next one. They know they're there because of these battles that took place and the heavy loss of lives and they don't forget it. So, yeah. And then what have we got here? Compiègne. Well, of course, Compiègne is so important because the, the history with Compiègne is that um, this is where... The armistice was signed um, for the end of the war in World War One, <clears throat> and you can see here it's actually a um, it's actually a um, a rebuild. The the, the actual um, carriage that the armistice was signed in as a show of force in World War Two was bombed by the Germans, and then um, the, then it was rebuilt and. Um, the replica is, is, is quite incredible, but this is in a forest, um, quite spectacular. Have you been there, Dylan? No, no, no. It's definitely um, on the next trip for sure. This is beautiful. So, yeah, very, very important today as we're remembering, um, as we're commemorating Remembrance Day. So, yeah, I just wanted to say a little bit at the end that, you know, it's what we've been saying for the last 20 minutes or so, that going there and perpetuating the memory of the Anzacs and those who fought, it's, it's, I'd say for so many people, it's almost an obligation, but in a good way, because yeah. I, I've been there and I was overwhelmed. I found family that I didn't even know I had, not only that are there in the battlefields. And it's an experience not only that will uh, keep with me for the rest of my life, but quite honestly, I want to go back and discover more. So, yeah. Definitely, thank definitely, you. definitely. I mean, and thank you, thank you again for, for taking us through this journey. And um, to, to, to all of our travel partners out there, you, you're going to have customers in your databases that have this significance of, of, of family or history with, with World War One or even World War Two. World War One, obviously, people are aging now more so, but you know the legacy of the generations that you've had. I mean, those families will, will always sing on. So. Through all these sites, <clears throat> as you go visiting through, there's names drawn up all over all of the walls and you can spend hours realistically going through trying to find the name of significance. And when your customers and clients, even yourselves, find that name that has resonance to yourself, the, the, the emotion that is able, that comes across to you is quite overwhelming. And to, although I personally don't have it, uh, to witness 14 of my other uh, guests on our tour um, really just find elements of their family history that they weren't really aware of, um, as well as visiting some of these sites that they are laying in or they, they know they fought in uh, and understanding the, um, the, the ones that did survive, how many did perish. Um, yeah. the, the, the numbers are staggering and, you know, war is so different now to what it was back then, but our guys went in like all, all guns blazing and, and, and did what they could to, to stand up for the British Empire and obviously for the Anzac and the Australian people. So um, if, if you do personally get the chance to, to get over to, to Northern France, I highly recommend it. It is 
quite a compact region to get around in, um, but there's there's not a not a city or a town without a cemetery and a story uh, amongst all these so significant true. yeah. So that, true. There's, there's five or six key significant <laughs> places we've we've highlighted today, and please tick them and add them to your list. But again, as you drive through some of these really really remote towns on the back roads of northern France, or whether it be on the major highways of northern France, you're going to keep seeing reminders of what what was back in the day of World War One. So again, on behalf of Backroads Touring Co, thank you again for joining us. Thank you for taking our listeners really deep into what the Northern France region is. And I think, you know, we all, we all know Paris and we all know Nice and we all get caught up in France for the, for the romantic and the glamorous reasons. But France as a destination as itself really offers so, so much. And you can really diversify your French experience by heading an hour and a half north from Paris and really getting yourselves immersed in all that is the Remembrance Trail. Thank you again. Merci, au revoir. Au revoir. Hi, my name is Dylan Hearn, and I thank you for tuning in to Come and Let's Talk Tourism Body Tuesday, hosted by your favourites, Backroads Touring Co., and our wonderful tourism bodies around Australia and New Zealand. Please tune in via Anchor FM, Spotify, or Apple Music. We thank you all for your support, and we ask you to share this with any of your colleagues or friends. We will continue to try and innovate this learning experience for you all together. For any visuals of our presentations, please log into Facebook and subscribe to Backroads Touring APAC Agents, Backroads Touring UK Agents, and lastly, Blue Roads Touring. NA agents in the North American market. We thank you again and we welcome you to our next podcast very soon.